so glad that you've joined us. So glad that you're here today. Revelstoke, I'm going to be up in uh, Revelstoke in person next week. We're, uh, we're starting to change up some stuff. We're getting a little more in person. And incidentally, if you are in Kelowna and you just wanted to be in, in the studio, um, I don't know if you can do that or not, but uh, there, there might be a spot for you here to worship and, uh, and to be able to uh, encourage us while we preach. So, hey, so glad you're uh, here today. Uh, why don't you, uh, somewhere across, uh, if you're on YouTube, if you're on the chat, uh, it's a virtual high five, maybe an air high five in the, in the, uh, the room today. Uh, say hi to somebody, shout across to somebody, tell them, uh, tell them even in the dark and even, uh, you know, how far away you're still really good looking. So uh, glad, that, uh, glad that you're here today. Hey, we are so thankful for our tech team and uh, guys that are always working in our locations and, uh, and here in the studio to uh, make sure we get this all put together and um, make this all happen in this place. Do I need a chair? Oh, somebody's giving. No, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I don't need a chair. I'm good. I'm good. Uh, everybody's uh, trying to send message. You know, it was, it was tough enough in live church when my wife would sit on the front row and uh, when we're in person and be able to try to figure out what she was mouthing to me. It's hard. It's harder. It's even harder in a, in a slightly darker studio to try to figure out what the person in the back is trying to communicate uh, to you. So it's uh, challenging. So glad. Oh, there's a high five from Carrie. Good. And uh, anybody else on there, just this, you know, high five, glad to see you. Uh, listen, I, I, you know, I've been thinking about some, I'm, I'm in my camo this morning. My, my wife decided it was camo day today, and I'm not sure exactly uh, what that means, except my wife, she bought it for me for hunting season, and, uh, and I didn't wear it in hunting season. Hunting season has been a total um, uh, disappointment this year. Uh, I haven't managed to, to catch anything or see anything, hardly see anything, and I know others of you are the same. But uh, um, this is my hunting season thing, and I, and I heard this story. You might, you might, there's a bunch of friends that they went uh, deer hunting, and uh, they decided to break up into groups of two, and so they went out in the, in the, uh, during the day in groups of two, and one night, this one guy comes back, and he's packing this, this, uh, this six-point uh, muley deer, and he's packing it back, and, they say, and his friends say, where's, where's Harry? Where's your, where's your partner? And, uh, and uh, the guy says, he says, oh, Harry's had a stroke or something. He's about two miles back, uh, two kilometers up the hill. And he said, I left him there. And he said, why did you leave Harry there? He said, because I figured nobody would steal Harry. <laughs> groan. All right. It was groan. You know, I want to talk today about priorities. <laughs> I want to talk today about priorities this morning. And priorities are really an important thing in life. In fact, if you want to know the secret sauce to being successful in life, the secret sauce, the, the, the real mystery to, being, uh, to being, doing really well in life, it, it all comes down to priorities. And we all have priorities. We all have uh, things that we prioritize in our life. But the key to life and success in life is having just the right priorities in our life. And what is our first priority? Priority, the things that are, that are most important. You know, uh, I wish that I had been told or at least had learned and understood a, a really important lesson when I was a little bit younger. I, I wish that I'd understood. I, I, I grew up or I, I came into adulthood believing that I could do anything. And that's an incredibly good belief. That's an important belief to have, that believing you can do anything, that you can accomplish all sorts of things. And, and, and I felt very much like I could do anything. And that's important. But the the lesson that I wish that I had grasped and understood early on is that although I could do anything, I can't do 
everything. Scripture tells us that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can do anything, we can do all things, but we can't do everything. In order to do the most important things, we have to prioritize. We have to choose the priorities in our life. We have to decide what's important. And so I want to take you to the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 20. A couple of verses. In, uh, in the Old Testament, there's this portion of Scripture in Exodus chapter 20. It's called the, it's called the uh, Ten Commandments. You, you heard of the Ten Commandments? And, uh, and this is one of the Ten Commandments. In fact, it's, it's kind of the one that ties it all together. And it says in, in Exodus 20, verse 2 to 3, I am the Lord your God who rescued you from the land of Egypt, the place of your slavery. You must not have any other God before me, any other God but me. And when we have, uh, what God is saying, he said, if you want your life to do well, you've got to get the priority. We've got to get God as our first priority. So I want to talk about first priority today. And I want us to just think about a couple of uh, things. I want, to ask, want you to ask yourself some questions today. I want you to ask yourself uh, some things about, about your priorities in your life, especially as it relates to God in your life. Because if we don't get the right things in the right place, everything in our life is out of, out of order. And we don't succeed because we don't have the right things in the right place. And so the first question I want to ask you today as we're thinking about this, is God your first priority? The first thing is, what challenges God for first place in your life? And what do you just think about it? If you're writing down right now, what challenges God? And, and take the time to, uh, to write down that list and, and begin to think about what are the things that challenge God for first place in your life? Does God have first place in your life? Here's what, uh, here's what God uh, says to Solomon. King Solomon, considered in his time the wisest man in the world, in 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 9, says, And Solomon, my son, learn to know the God of your ancestors intimately. Worship and serve him. Uh, with your whole heart and a willing mind. For the Lord sees every heart and knows every plan and thought. If you seek him, you'll find him. But if you forsake him, he'll reject you forever. That's a pretty strong statement. But here God's speaking to us and he's saying, saying if you put God first in your life, if you prioritize God in your life, then everything else works together. Then you know, he knows the plans of your life. He knows your thoughts. And if you'll seek him, you'll find him. So if we prioritize God, we find God in our life. When we, when we seek God with our whole heart, we find God in our life. When we make him our priority, then we pursue him. So what, what challenges that place in your life? Just think about this morning. What are some things that challenge God's place in your life? It might be, it might be something that just takes away from God. It might be just something as simple as sleep challenges the place of God in your life. I'd rather sleep than spend time with God. Uh, and there might be seasons in your life you need to sleep, and that's uh, the place where God goes. I, you know, I find it interesting because in Psalm 23, in the Lord's uh, Prayer, it says, uh, He restores my soul. He leads me beside still waters. It's when we prioritize God, God actually uh, helps our soul get restored. Maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's our job. Maybe our job just takes us away from our relationship with God. Maybe it's friends, maybe it's family that takes us away from our relationship with God. And just thinking about what kind of things uh, challenge God for first place in your life. You know, whatever's first place in your life tends to be the thing that you think about most when you're in crisis. Um, there's a story, and we're not going to read it this morning, but there's a story in, uh, in the Old Testament about a king who got sick. 
And, uh, and he got sick, and the first thing he did is he went to the doctors and all those kinds of stuff. And, and that's an important thing to do, go to the doctors when you're sick. But God came to him and, and spoke to him and said, he said, you went to the doctors, but you never went to me. I was kind of the second place. I, you know, after it all was done, you came to me. And in reality, although we love you know, doctors, we love all those kinds of stuff, do we go to God first and then supplement with other things? Is God the first place in your life? Do you have single-minded devotion to God? So what challenges God for first place in your life? Just think about it. Is there something that challenges God for first place in your life? There was a professor of uh, preaching at uh, Theological Seminary, Gordon Fuller Theological Seminary. His name was Hayden Robinson. And he pointed out that in, in one really old recipe for rabbit, you know, if you're making Hassenpfeffer, uh, old, old recipe for rabbit. The first line in this old recipe for rabbit was, first catch the rabbit. <laughs> first catch the rabbit. Yeah, because the writer of that knew you got to put some first things first. And that's what we do when we establish priorities. We put things that should be in first place in their proper orders. God first in your life. What challenge of you? So the second thing, second question I want you to ask today, if you're writing this down, second question I want you to ask is, does God have all of me? Does God have all of me? You know, this is probably one of the most challenging um, areas that, that I face and maybe you face uh, on a day-to-day, year-to-year basis is, is coming back and reviewing my life and saying, does, does every part of my life come under God's lordship? Does every part of my life um, come under submission to God? Does God actually have all of me or, or am I kind of reserving certain parts of my life or certain areas of my life, certain departments, certain compartments in my life that are, that are just mine and mine alone. God, don't touch that. God, don't, don't touch the area of certain friendships. Don't touch the area of certain uh, things I like to do. God, I don't want to do this. I, I don't know how many times I've heard people say things like, I, I don't want to, I don't want to follow God because he's going to make me do what I don't want to do. I'm afraid, so I won't give him my life because he'll make me do what I don't want to do. God has your best interests always in mind. And God knows you better than you know yourself. And God knows your giftings and your talents and your abilities better than you do. And when you allow him to uh, lead you, when you put him in the first place and you follow after him with your whole heart, you move into that place you're supposed to be. But when we, when we kind of block off areas and we say, this God, you just can't have this. This isn't, you know, this isn't an area that you can have. This isn't an area that, that I'm really going to submit to you. This isn't an area that I really want you to have what he's saying then we miss out on this key thing in God. We miss out on God's ability to do this. And so we're kind of pretending like God is our first priority. But in reality, God is not our first priority. In Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 31, Ezekiel 33, verse 31, it says, So my people come pretend, sorry, pretending to be sincere, and they sit before you. They listen to your words, but they have no intention of doing what you say. Their mouths are full of all lustful words and their hearts seek only after money. How often do we even show up at church or we watch live stream or we listen to preach and, and we hear it and we go away and we go, oh, that was a great idea, but we never do anything about it because we just kind of, in reality, we're pretending God's our first priority. It's not really our first priority. God doesn't have all of us because we're just pretending he's our first priority. Are there areas in your life that God does not have? In fact, why don't we just stop right now? We're just going to stop. And, and right where you are, I want you just to pause. We're, going to, we're just going to close our eyes, and we're just going to pray right now. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to you, 
speak to me, speak to people who are listening, speak to all of us who are listening right now. And we're just going to ask the Holy Spirit, if there's areas in our life that we just haven't given to God, and as a result, we're not becoming who we were created to be because we haven't given over those areas of our life. So let's just pause, let's pray. Father, right now, I just ask, Holy Spirit, just come right now. Lord, all, all across uh, location where we're, where we're watching right now, Father, and I, I just pray you'd speak to our heart. God, if there is an area in our life, areas in our life, that we have not given to you, that we've not submitted to you, that we've not put under your lordship, that we're holding back from you. And as a result, we're not experiencing the fullness that you have for us. God, I pray right now, you just show us. Holy Spirit, just right now, show us. Show us what, what we need to just give back to you right now. We just need to determine to give back to you right now. Thank you, God. So if God spoke to you right now, you just, I just want you to take the moment and say, okay, God, I, God, I give it to you. God, I, I return that back under you. Lord, I, I'm not going to hide that from you. I'm not going to keep that away from you. I'm going to give that to you. A lot of times we hide things from God because we don't want to hear what God's saying. We don't want to hear what God wants us to hear. It's the same reason we don't tell friends some things in our life because we don't want to know what they think about it because we know <laughs> they're going to challenge us on us or something. So we're not going to pretend God has first priority, and we're going to submit those areas of our life to God. If, if God is really the author of your freedom, then your freedom is maintained by, God letting, by let, you letting God have all of you. You letting God have all of you. So that's the second thing. So the first thing we said is, what, uh, is there anything or what challenges God for first place in your life? Second thing is, does God have all of my life? Does God have all of my life? Third thing, Third thing, and we're just going to take a few minutes on this, is are you obedient? Are you obedient? Here's, here's what first, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 3 says. Paul writes this. He says, I, I, I fear that somehow your pure and undivided devotion to Christ will become corrupted just as Eve was, was deceived by the cunning ways of the servant. You know, the only way to make sure that you're on the right route in life is by keeping and paying attention to the signs and continuing to follow the route that's in front of you. As soon as you say, I don't like this route or I decided I'm not going to go this way, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to turn in that direction, you, and you feel like you're better than the GPS or you're better than the map or you're better than the road signs, you know better, as soon as you do that, you get off track. It, it seems, you know, it's, it's, it's almost like it's a truism today when we talk about it. It just seems so natural. When you're, when you're following directions to get someplace, long, the only way to get to that place is to follow directions. You just follow the directions. I'm following the directions, and, and I know I get there. You stop following the directions, I don't get there. And yet it's just that simple in our relationship with God. If I do what God says, I end up where I'm supposed to go. If I obey God, then I end up at the right destination. God created me, be, me to be a certain person. God created me to be a, a certain, uh, fulfill a certain destiny. If I follow his directions, I'll get there. But we, we don't like this word obedient. I, 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 obedient has all these negative connotations. You know, I'm very, you're, you're just an obedient person. It's almost like you're, you know, you're, you're calling somebody down. It's like you're being, you know, it's a... It's a it's a slam against them. Oh, you're just an obedient, you, you just comply. You know, somehow there is more, uh, there is more celebrity or there's more, uh, you know, there's more, uh, uh, I don't even know what to say. It's, it's, it's just a better thing to be countercultural, better thing to be against, you know, disobedient, you know, civil disobedience, a better thing. 
We don't talk, and, and we carry that into our relationship with God. The reality is we need to live in a life of obedience to God because God's giving us directions because he knows where you're supposed to go. He knows where you're ending up. And you say, well, I, you know, I, I'm just kind of, you know, revolting against that or whatever those kinds of things. I, some of the things just frustrate me. When we don't understand that following directions, following God's plan for a life and walking that way and doing those things, when we do those things, we get where God wants us to go. When we say, no, I don't want to go that way. I don't want to obey God. I don't want to do what God says. We're not going to end up where God wants us to be. Or we're going to go on a big detour before we get there. And then we show up late to the party. And uh, see, here, here's, here's the thing about obedience. Obedience is a, is, a, is a response to God's grace that we've seen demonstrated in our life previously. Whenever I see God's work in my life, I'm, I'm encouraged to keep obeying him, to keep doing the things he says. At the end of the day, the reason we don't obey God is because we really don't trust him. If we really trusted him, we'd, we'd follow God. It's funny to me how many times I've had uh, couples or a uh, man and a wife talk about uh, their fights that they've had when they were trying to get somewhere and maybe the wife is, uh, husband's driving or maybe the wife's driving, husband's sitting in the passenger side and somebody has the map and they're all, they get so frustrated with each other because they don't, and, and don't trust the navigator. Well, then suddenly we get a GPS system in our car. We suddenly trust this GPS system better than the person next to us. Uh, you know, it's kind of ironic in all of that. And, and <laughs> I see nodding going on in the room here. And uh, <laughs> you know, we just hear that kind of stuff. But, uh, we, and, and, and the thing is, why, why do we trust people who have never walked ahead of us, who don't know our destination? We trust that more than we trust God. You know, we just don't trust God. And so we say, well, you know, I, I don't want to obey. Man, for me, the most important thing for me in my life is, is am I doing what God asks me to do? Because if I'm doing what God asks me to do, I'm going to get where I was created to go. And I'm going to become who I was created to become. But I've got to do what God asks me to do. And when I'm not doing what God asks me to do, I'm off track. It's not about obedience. It's just about good sense. It's just about being really practical and saying, I, I want to get where God created me to be. So I'm going I'm to listen to that. I'm going to follow that and do that. So obedience uh, is, is this real thing. Are you obedient? You know, I think about, uh, you know, we're in the middle of, middle of an election here in British Columbia, and of course in the United States, they're in the middle of their presidential election and other elections, and, and uh, you might get a phone call, or you might get a candidate show up at your door, you might get a phone call, you might get an email, and one of the questions they might ask you is, can I count on your support? <laughs> can I count on your support? And sometimes I wonder if God doesn't come to us the same way. And just say, hey, can, can I actually count on your support? I'll be there for you, but will you be there for me? Will you do what I ask you to do? Will you stick with it and do it? And accomplish this thing. Are you obedient? Are you obedient? So today we're talking about priorities. First priority. What's your first, first priority? What's your first priority in your life? If we're believers in Jesus, in fact, if we believe that God created us, that God created us for a purpose, that God has a purpose for our life, and that we were born uh, with a, with a uh, we were born to become something that God knows our best. If we believe that, then the only way to succeed in our life is to make God our first priority. 
maybe you're watching today and you don't you actually don't have a relationship with God and and maybe you just haven't haven't experienced a relationship with God before and and when I'm talking about obeying God when I'm talking about priorities the thing is you're just not sure what they are because you haven't connected with God today I, I'd love just to be able to pray for you I just want to pray that that God would come into your life you would have a relationship with him. If you're watching today in a location, anywhere, watching online, and you just want a relationship with God, I, I want to pray for you this morning. Father, I pray in Jesus' name for every person watching that wants a relationship with you. God, I pray that you would meet them right there, right now, where they are, that you would come into their life, you would restore their sense of destiny, you would restore their belief, their faith in you, you would restore what the devil's tried to steal from them, and God, you would begin to lead them from this moment on. You'd begin to lead them in a path that takes them to the destiny to become the person they were created to be in Jesus' name. Hey, if you, uh, if you prayed that prayer or you just agreed with that prayer this morning, we'd love to be able to help you on your, on your journey and uh, help you continue to walk in your destiny. We've got some resources for you. We'd like to help you out. And if you send uh, the word, just text the word DECIDE, D-E-C-I-D-E, to the number on the screen, 778-760-3800. If you text that number, you're going to get a little link that comes back. We're just going to ask for a little bit of information simply so that we can contact you, so that we can send you something and help you out with that. And we'd love to be able to uh, do that, to resource you uh, as you go forward. Hey, uh, as well, if you want to know what's going on in the life of the church, what's going on uh, around our area, just and, and you're not already on our list, uh, just text your name, just your name, your first name to 778-760-3800, and uh, we'll make sure you know what's going on. There's always things changing. Uh, right now, as uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, we're, we're introducing as much as we can, trying to bring uh, more live portions to our services and our gatherings around our region. Uh, we're getting close, uh, closer to uh, having a meeting location in Vernon again. So that's exciting. You should hear something about that in the next few weeks. And uh, also, uh, I'm going to be up in Revelstoke next Sunday morning. Uh, this Sunday, Pastor Josiah is preaching in, our, uh, in the Grand Ten in Kelowna. And uh, we're, we're just working to get more and more gathering, especially and following the, the, go, uh, the COVID guidelines and, and all the rest of that stuff. Just want to keep people safe. It's important that we keep people safe and we want to do that. But we love you. Really miss seeing you. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of uh, excited. I'm pretty excited about next week actually preaching to live people. That's going to be an incredible thing. Uh, I mean, other than, you know, apologies to the four other people in the room. But hey, we love you. Hope to see you real soon. Bless you. Have a great devil-free week, and we see you again soon.